You guys have heard me say about me running out of a room to another room. DM say it. It was this room I ran to. You know, people were reading for law school, were scoring songs. Do see that's Come read. Turn on. Are you sure you came to law school to read? And we passed to. And we are lawyers now. I mean, you cannot pursue God. You cannot follow God and fail. Victoria. Good morning. It's good to see you. I'm telling you, it's the lie of the devil that if you pursue God, you fail. The Bible says, seek after the kingdom of God and his righteousness and every other thing. We'll do what? We'll be added. Wealth, added. Prosperity, added. Academic success, added. Career success, added. Marriage, added. Family, children, added. As you follow after God's kingdom and his righteousness. The devil wants to paint a picture that you are, you are lacking behind because your mates are running after wealth. They are running after wealth. He said, for these are the things that the Gentiles do run after. He said, but your father he never knows that you have need of all these things. He will make it an addition. I met my wife in my place of service. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Glory to God. Some of us are looking for fiancés. Come to God. God has a lot of it. His children are wonderful children. Don't go to the devil's children. Amen. He has husband and he has wives. Praise the Lord. I'm telling you. Push you after him. Everything you're looking for is with God. Everything. The Bible says the whole world and all of his hands. Everything. Everything. The earth is his Lord. It is, and all the fullness of it belongs to God. There is nothing on this earth that does not belong to God. He gave it in possession of Adam. Adam gave it to Satan. And Jesus came and took it back. And I cannot believe in what Satan did through Adam than what God did through Jesus. Hallelujah. Everything is ours. Paul says, all things are yours. So let God bless you. Show him. Follow after him diligently. Don't let distractions take you away from him. In the name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. Please let me celebrate my friend one more time. My friend, I'm very glad. See, I was mommy. You know, I went to, I went to my degree, was it three weeks ago? And I went to his house. And I went to eat. So we now, he now went to dig out one picture. That picture that we, went, we were eating in Calaba Kitchen. In Agbane. And brought out that picture. Two of us were eating like this in the canteen. We now, we now say 10 years throwback. <laughs> but we are still eating together. Friends in Christ. I'm telling you, there's not like a brother in Christ. People you can trust. You. And I told him, he said, Look, Philip, no matter who runs away from my door, we will stay here. No book or can push us from our land. This land belongs to Jesus. I'm telling you, I sat, I said, How do you? He started teaching me how to minister to Muslims because I've never, I've never really ministered or preached to a Muslim to get born again before. I said, This is how to do that. Yeah, is it possible? They didn't leave, they stayed there. Everybody was running away. They stayed in the land. They said, if we leave, we will stay. That's what they told me. A heart dedicated to God. Telling you, I honor you, man. God, I honor you. I honor you. Praise the Lord. Let's go to Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3. From verse 1. From verse 1. We started talking about the urgency on the new generation. The urgency on the new generation. The urgency on the new generation. And God's need for men. 
I'm going to round up with that series today. And we'll move on to other things from next week. God's need for men. The urgency on a new generation. Somebody say, I'm a man. Now, when I say man, I don't mean man in the sense of sex. I've said that over and over again. But man as a human being. God's need for men. There is nothing that God can do without a man. I know you like to sing the song that is God all by himself. His God doesn't need us to be God. He doesn't need us to be God, but he can't do anything on earth without us. And that's why the Bible says the word became flesh. Jesus had to become a man to dwell among us. God needed a man to save man. Are you following me? He will always need men. Let me increase a bit. Always need men. Exodus chapter 3. Are you in Exodus chapter 3? Let's go to verse 1. Thank you. Exodus chapter 3 from verse 1. God, we always need men. And in this case, verse 1 says, Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the back of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. He met the mountain of God in the desert. Who told you that God is not in deserted places? In Matthew chapter 4, the Bible says that Jesus Christ was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness. But I love the way King James says he was led up to the wilderness. He was led up. Everywhere God leads you is always a up. No matter what it looks like, it's an up. Joseph was sent to Potiphar, up. Sent to prison, was an up. It's called a prophetic irony. It looks in the reality as though you are going farther from your destiny, but in the spirit you are getting closer. The people see you in prison. They don't know from that prison you are going straight to the palace. Because God does not work in geometrical level. He doesn't go from one to three. He can go from one to ten. He can go from one to one million. He says, I hear the sound of abundance of rain. There was famine in the land. He didn't say from famine to trinkles. Or from famine to showers. He didn't say we are going to move from famine, famine to deal. He said we are moving from famine to an abundance of rain. You might look as if you are far away. God can take you from where you are now. Pa! You are still there. Are you following me? It doesn't have to be one by one. You can enter an office now you're already empty. Somebody say amen now. Amen. You can start a business now. I'm you know, you're already there. So let them to the back. The back of the desert. God is in deserted places. David was at the back side of the wilderness. Plain harp. And God saw him there. And he said to Samuel, I have found a man after my own heart. Hey, go found David in the desert. Don't let the enemy steal your dedication to God's kingdom because of your position right now. Say, but nobody's seen me. I'm coming there. It came to pass. God found him there. Mountain of God. Now the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. I don't want to go there. That's a whole lot of message on its own. Then Moses said, I will turn aside now and see this great sight. Why the bush does not burn. So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God spoke. When God saw that he turned aside to look, God spoke. When God saw that he has his attention, God spoke. Some of us are struggling. Why is God not speaking to me? He doesn't have your attention yet. 
Your phone has your attention. Your friends have your attention. The television has your attention. When God sees that you have turned aside, he will speak. Some of us are reading the Bible and we're checking our phones at the same time. You have not turned aside. When he sees that you have turned aside, he will speak. Let's go on. So he looked. Okay? Verse 4 now. Is that where I am? So when the Lord saw that you have turned aside to look, God said to him, Moses, Moses, and he said, here I am. Then he said, do not draw near this place. Take your sandals off your feet for the ground where you stand is holy ground. I don't want to go there. That's a whole lot of message on its own. Verse 6 says, moreover, I said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face for he was afraid to look upon God. Verse 7, and the Lord says, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt. I have surely seen the oppression of the people who are in Egypt, and I've heard their cry because of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. So I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up from that land to a good and large land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hevites and the Jebusites. Now, therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come unto me, and I have seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore. That's verse 10. Now, if you hear what Moses said, Moses says, here I am. Is that what he says? And I told you last week, I said, when God wants to send you, he doesn't send you from a distance. Is that what I said? That Isaiah says, here I am. And God says what? Come now, therefore, and I will send, you see, he doesn't send from a distance. He doesn't send people he doesn't have a relationship with. He doesn't send people that he does not know. If God is going to send you to a generation, he must send you from himself. He says, come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. God says, I have heard their cry. I've seen their pain. I know their sorrows. I have come down, but I'm sending you. If I remember, I say, Lord Moses, if you have seen it, if you have heard it, why not go? Why send me? I mean, you said you saw it. You said you had their cry. You said you know their sorrows. You are God of the Father, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I'm just Moses. Why not go yourself? For I'm a stammerer. I cannot speak. Go yourself. I mean, if you are saying, God, why are you sending me? You said you have come down. If you have come down, then go. But every man of God sent is God to where he sends. He says, I will make you a God unto Pharaoh. Are you following me? I will make you a God. Every man of God sent to any mountain, whether it's entertainment, whether it's industry, whether it's health, whether it's finance, you are a God in that mountain. You are a representative of God everywhere you are sent. It's as though Jesus is walking on that street. That's why he baptized you with the Holy Ghost. He told the disciples, it is better for me to go for if I do not go, the Holy Ghost will not come. Jesus said it was better for him to go. And we have the Holy Ghost living in us than him staying with us physically. Because the Holy Ghost in every disciple is Jesus multiplied. The Holy Ghost makes you Jesus multiply. He says, oh, the Lord God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good. It was, that was what made him go about doing good, not because he was Jesus. Is the same. Someone says the same Holy Ghost. Say it again. Say it's the same Holy Ghost. He gives you his Holy Ghost to make a difference. To make a difference. When I was going to pray about the condition, I said, "Lord, should I pray?" God said, "How can you ask me? 
if you were going to pray about this condition. I sent you there. You are my representative there. He said, if I put a watchman, and I'm coming there, if I put a watchman over a house, and you see a thief jumping the fence, do you quickly carry your phone? Hey, over, over, hygiene, over, over, cover. Thief, identify, thief, identify, cover, over. Should I apprehend? He said, what? He said, when we put you there now, you're making issues, let's go. That guy has run away. <laughs> you don't need permission to operate in your position. So I've casted out devils without permission. Even devils that are not my business. They are not my personal devils. Bible says I've given you power to tread upon snakes and scorpions and over how many powers of the enemy? Oh. Including ones that are not your personal business, your neighborhood enemies. There's a child sick in your neighborhood, sites in your community. You go there and you lay hands on him. I've told you guys, told about I went to go and deliver quick notice somewhere. And I met the woman sick. <laughs> Ephraim. Man was, I was supposed to give them quick notice. Entered there, the woman was sick, her daughter was sick. And I went there as a lawyer to deliver quick notice. But because I'm first and Holy Ghost filled, fire baptized, blood washed believer, before I was called to bar, I dropped the letter and I laid hands on the woman. I said, be healed now. Lay hands on the daughter, be healed. They were healed. I take your letter, quick notice. <laughs> Amen. Because I have an already typed quick notice for sickness. I just printed thing everywhere. There is nothing that Jesus could do that you cannot do. That's why I gave his Holy Ghost. You are wasting the Holy Ghost. Some of you get to heaven, you bring that Holy Ghost like this. Lord, see your Holy Ghost. Tiaroba. I did not even use him at all. No scratch, nothing. Please take back. <laughs> so you don't touch the Holy Ghost. Say, hmm, thou faithful servant. <laughs> That's what that guy says. Look at, look at your talent. So I buried it. I didn't do anything with it. You didn't do what? Why do we give it to you? It's better to lose it when you're trying to use it than to keep it. Waste it. Call it waster. You wasted opportunities. Everywhere God sent you, he made you God in that place. You have an authority of God. If the president sends the vice president anywhere, he's seen as the president there because he's a delegate. You are all delegates of God. Anywhere. Anywhere. The Bible says, for ye are ambassadors of Christ. You carry ambassadorial authorities, diplomatic immunity. What affects others cannot affect you. You can never see any diplomat harassed by police. The moment you see that your plate number, pass, pass, pass. Diplomatic immunity. Some say I have diplomatic immunity. He says, you are a peculiar people, a royal priesthood. You have been called for out of darkness. You can't be facing the harassment of witches. You have to harass them. He says, for God will build his church. Is that what he says? And the gates of hell shall not do what? It is the gates of hell that will not prevail against the church. He didn't say hell, he didn't say the gate of the church will not be subdued to hell. There are two things. The gates of hell will not what? It didn't say the gates of church will not subdue. What it means is that the church is at the gates of hell. We are the ones banging their gates. Come out, you people from here. It is not a defensive battle, it is an offensive one. It says these people shall take the battle to the gates. 
cancer is drawing close. Now, we have 25-year-old girls having cancer. 23-year-old girls. 18-year-old women, girls having cancer. Before it used to be old, old women sickness. We need people that would rise and take that enemy back to the gates. In every generation. I got angry when I said, I'm going to build the cancer, the biggest cancer treatment center in Africa. I'm going to build the biggest. I hate it with, with passion. Cancer. Somebody just be growing inside somebody's body. Demons. Demons multiplying. Dem- multiplying. The person died of cancer. Young girls. 25 years old die in cancer. Then they begin to multiply. Tooth cancer, bone cancer, blood cancer, hip cancer. All kinds of cancer. Hear cancer. The devil is a liar. So he said to Moses, I will send you to Pharaoh. I will send you to Pharaoh. I will send you to Pharaoh. I don't know what Pharaoh it is in your family today. God is sending you there. I will send you. I will not send another man. Sometimes we are trying to look at you. Why not send Brother Philip? Why me? Some of us can't even, you can't even know why God is choosing you. If God gave some of us an opportunity, we won't choose ourselves. Say, choose. Say, me, me, choose. Pastor Deboe. Let them go. We will be here. I sought for a man. Ezekiel 22 verse 30. I sought for a man, not a superhero. I sought for a man, not a superman. I sought for an ordinary man among them. An ordinary man. Not an eloquent man. Not a gifted or not a talented one. Not, not a super one. An, a man, a man. An ordinary man. I sought for them. Among them. Not outside them. Not from America. Not from the other place. From here. From your family. David was one man. Hallelujah. Goliath said, give me one man. If he wins me, all of us become slaves. The enemy knows that it's a one man thing. That if if he can get one man in a family to subdue poverty, everyone in that family can be saved. One man. We don't need everybody to be. We just need one person that would break the bonds of poverty in the family and everybody's free. One man. Give me one man. God said, give me one man. Jesus 2 verse 5 said, God has not caused it to rain on the earth because there was no man to till the ground. Every day, God's looking around. Will I find a man? In every generation, the darkness is getting darker. But it is the biggest opportunity to shine. The biggest. We are, the, we are in the best times of the body of Christ. The disciples wish they were this time. There is no better time with God. Say the old, the good old. There is no good old days with God. These are the best of days. The Bible says, and the glory of the latter. It is prophetic. It's a word from God that the glory of the latter must surpass the former. Paul wished he was in my time. Hey, Paul was here, Jesus. See, God, you people have everything. I have to be writing letter, writing letter, writing letter, writing letter. Hey! If I can tweet, man, Jesus. I have to write letter for this credit. Send Cyprus. Take a ship. You can send the mail. You can reach the world from your room. I can sit at the corner of my room and shake the very functions of the heart. These are the best of times. We are in the Bible days. There is no better time than this. If there's any time for you to rise to take authority and take your place in God's kingdom, it is now. 
tomorrow. Don't wait for someone else. Don't say, but God, I can't do it. I'm a young man. Jeremiah says, I'm young. God says, say not that you are young. I can't do it. I'm not tall. I'm too dark. God says, you are dark. That means you can creep in the darkness. And creep and sneak in on the devil. And take him down. See, I'm too tall. That means any demons flying around. Just grab them. This is too short. That means you can enter into the very low places and get rid of the devil. There is nothing that you have that is not an advantage. Everything that God gives you is you are never disadvantaged. Your height, your color, everything is an advantage. He said, For all things work together. Everything. Everything. Everything I have is my advantage. My voice. I don't have to change the texture of my voice to sound like someone else. Get there. So what's God looking for? God's looking for you in this generation. He's looking for you in your industry. He's looking for you everywhere. And God wants to say, I have a servant there. So last week I told you about give illustration of the bottle. And I said the first thing the bottle has is what? An opening to receive. An opening to receive. You are not closed in on your own issues. You are not boxed in on your own troubles. You can take responsibility for a generation. Everyone that became great in the Bible took responsibility. Deborah says, I, Deborah, a judge in Israel arose in the midst of men. I, Deborah. David said, who is that uncircumcised Philistine that would defile the armies of God? I will bring him down. Everyone that became great, when everyone looked for excuses, they stepped out and took responsibility. David responsibility. Joseph responsibility. Moses took responsibility. Don't point your fingers. You take responsibility. Where do we go from here? How can we change things from now? This church is a responsibility. It's an opening. When God began speaking to me, I want you to steer up a new creed, a new breed of believers, a new breed of people. I want to pour out a new move on the earth. And I need to, I need men. I can't pour. He says, he says, Elisha told them, he says, you may not see rain. You may not see wind. He said, but this valley will be filled with water. He said, build, build wells to take the water. See, when God pours in the water, there's something to take it. This church is a well. So put a well on your inside. Spring it. Then Jesus says, out of your belly shall flow. You see, the, the rivers that God put in you, he says, if you are thirsty, you come to me for a drink. He says, for out of your belly, you come to Jesus for a drink, but he gives you a river. Because he tells us it's way beyond you. Responsibility and opening. And I said that over and over and over and yes, last week. And that you must have capacity to receive. Capacity to keep. For how much more? How much more? Capacity. How much can you keep for? How many can you keep for? How many can you bless? Do you have enough to go around the world? Speaking in law school, I said, I said redeem, redeem has branches in about 160 nations of the world. 160 nations. One man. It's not a company. It's not an institution. One man. Someone say one man. One man. I remember that if you see the pastor, he doesn't have two heads. He doesn't have plenty of legs like octopus. I remember that pastor is a man. I've touched him before. He's a mere man. 
but is a man yielded to God. He says, Cyprus, Isaiah 45, whose hands have I held? I will break open the bars of iron. You see, when God holds your hand, you will do unimpossible un- un- things. David took a stone and stoned Goliath. The Bible says that Goliath fell face word. How does that happen? For me to throw a stone at you enough to bring you down, you can't fall face word. You fall backward. There was an angel there that sand him <laughs> from the back. Because it's not possible for you to have fell face word. You think that Goliath was not trained? The Bible says he had been a warrior from his youth. Ordinary stone. Stone. Goliath am I a dog? I will show you now. The army of Philistines, their general, came down by a stone. When God hands the stone, is a rock. The disciples have held his hands. So Moses went back. He says, take this rod in your hand. <laughs> God knows how to embarrass the devil. The armies of Egypt, millions of them, chariots of horses. God said, take this rod. With this rod, he will do wonders. God likes to use seemingly unskilled things. He says, deliberate. He says that no flesh will glory in his presence. It will not be by your skill. He says, anyone weak? Anyone? Anyone foolish? See, God does not. He uses the foolish things of this world to confirm. He's deliberate. So that people, he says that the excellency will not be of the flesh, but of God. This is Moses, take this rod. These people have been in bondage for 430 years. And they're going to use a rod. Not a golden rod. He didn't say, okay, this rod, first take it to the artist, let them see if they can draw one or two things on it, let them carve it, so let it just look presentable. Like that, leave it like that. So take that rod back. What is that rod? As I level, quickly. What is that rod that Moses took? Back to Pharaoh. Isaiah 11. What is that rod that Moses took back? Are you in Isaiah chapter 11? Thank you, Jesus. Isaiah chapter 11. The Bible says, There shall come forth. Did you see that? Verse 1. A rod. <laughs> Who is that rod? From the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. The spirit of the Lord upon him. The rod, that rod that he spoke about was Jesus. There's a comfort in rod. And Moses went back with the rod. Just a word, because Jesus is a word. A word from God is all you need to face a generation. A revelation. Are you following me? Nothing more. He said, Isaiah, go. Say to this. Say that. Say this. It gives you a word for your generation. Someone say, I received my word today. The Bible says, until the time that his word came, talking about Joseph, the word of the Lord tried him. It is the word of God that comes on you, that gives you a place in your generation. Moses had the word. Joseph had the word. I have a word. Say, go back with that word. Nothing more. Just a word. Someone say, Lord, I receive my word. 
There's a generation waiting on your word, on your word. Something you have to see. Because God does not talk until he has found a man. That's in the book of Emotion chapter 3, verse 7. That the Lord God will do nothing until he speaks to his servants, the prophets. They are, okay, thank God. I'm not even a prophet. I think it was me before. It's you. <laughs> it's you. It's you. When God looks down, who is he looking for? It's you. And that's why the enemy is trying to clank you down with all kinds of things. To keep you feeling defeated, keep you feeling tired, keep you feeling weak. He knows if he can get into your mind and keep you, get, get you demoralized, get you losing con- confidence in what God can do to you, the generation can, can be left in bondage. Do you think God wants, God wants to go to Egypt? God cannot go to Egypt. He sent Moses. It didn't take him one month. <laughs> and they were free. All of them free. If, if he showed them Shege with one rod, when he first got there, he threw the rod down. The rod became a snake. They say, <laughs> Moses, you, you grew up here. Now, these are normal things that we do here. Yeah. Chikandu. Konina. Ingungu. Come out. Do your. They do your own. You became a snake. The rod of Moses just took them one by one. Bam. 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 He didn't get fat. Just slim. Moses became, became rod. Your rod is here. Yeah. Dispossess them because that's their wand. That's their source of authority. Now everything is inside Moses' one. Double power. <laughs> and he did not get fatter. He's like those slim cow that swallowed those fat, fat cow in the dream of Pharaoh and not here for. Nothing. Plague them with house flies. Frogs. One rod. Parted the whole Red Sea with one rod. One rod. He has been using that rod for many years. He has been, that's why I'm going. He has been using that rod. You know, God did not give him another new rod. He has been using that rod for many, many years. Same rod. But you are taking that rod before God. And God said, Cast it down. And he casted that rod down. And it became a snake. And God said, Take it from the tail. I said, Lord, why? The, the best place to take a snake, that's even if you are able to wait at all to try to take it, cannot be from the tail. Can it be from the tail? Because that's most dangerous. Strike you immediately. I was even shocked that it was a snake that God said the rod should become. But that's a story for another day. He said this specifically, pick it from the tail. And Moses picked that rod from the tail. And the rod became a rod back. And I said, Lord, why? God says, because the head shows ownership. The head shows possession. He said, but now Moses was taking it from the tail. That even though this rod used to be my rod, I've handed it over to God. It's no longer mine. Before an encounter, he yielded the same rod. You know, I said to you last two weeks that the move of God is the move of a man that's yielded to God. He became a rod. And, says, and Moses left the presence of God with the rod of God in his hands. Same rod he has used for years. You will need to change your voice. Same voice. Same writing skills. Same mind. Same brain. Same everything. All you need is to yield it to God. Same. Same skills. Nothing different. But now it belongs to God. 
and anything that belongs to God will rule the world. The Bible says, he that is of God overcometh anything. That's why it says anything. This is anybody. First John chapter 4. Anything that is of God, if your shoe is of God, overcomes the world. Anything. Your voice is of God. People are using their voice to change the world. And they talk about God. They don't need to change their voice. Friends, tap your neighbor say, don't have to change anything. You say, you can say, you don't have to change anything. Just the way you are the same with some of you. Have, you have beautiful writing skills. Same skills. But now it's yielded. That's the difference. So Moses parted the Red Sea with a rod. The enemy came into the Red Sea and he covered them with a rod. Same rod struck the rock. Water came. Same rod. Till he died, he didn't change that rod. Because the anointing of God in your life never expires. You never need to renew it. He says, for the amen that you have received, first John chapter 4, abide death in you. I will never get to God anytime to say, Lord, can you renew my voice? Never. You will never need to. You are, what you need is to yield it to God. And say, Lord, I belong to you. Everything. I belong to you. From the crown of my head to the sole of my feet, I belong to you. Everything that belongs to me belongs to you. Everything. I am taking back this rod, but now from the tail. You take the head, I take the tail. We can do wonders together. And God is looking for men through whom he can show himself. And every day I'm saying this over and over. And God began to speak to me after speaking about the council, after speaking about the bottle last week. He said, There are things he wants to see. I'll rush to that in five minutes. As he begins to use you, there are things he wants to see maintain your life. Number one, he says you should live your life like a tree. I will not go, I'll just talk about it. One, 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 one. So write it down. Live your life like a tree. I said, Lord, how does a tree live? He said, No matter how tall a tree lives, it never leaves the ground. No matter how tall a tree grows, it never leaves the ground. You will never see a tree that grows so tall and say, ah, see how tall am I? Am I? What, what am I doing on the ground? Let me be floating like bed. Since all these days have been on ground. You never see a tree leave the ground. So God says, no matter how tall I make you, you must never lose touch with your humility. You must never lose touch with your humanity. Please write that down. One, no matter how tall you become, I'm telling you because I know that you guys are going to become very great. I know that with you, God is going to do wonders. I know, I know, I am convinced. Because if it were not going to be like that, God would never have sent me to you. I know that you are going to be mighty battle axes in the hands of God. I know. I'm convinced. It says number one, never lose touch. Number two, it says a tree, follow me closely, a tree grows tall and it grows down. The roots go down and down, the taller the throat goes, the deeper the root grows. It says, never lose touch with the disciplines that you began your life with. The enemy is going to tempt you that now you are too busy, you cannot have your quiet time, now you are too busy, you cannot have time with God, now you are too busy, you cannot have retreats, now you are too busy, you cannot study, you cannot read, you have a lot of people to attend to, you have a lot of counseling, because, because God, God's, going to, God's going to begin to take you to nations, from nations, somebody say amen now, amen. nations to nations, nations will begin to become to you. And God is saying, don't let, don't lose touch with the disciplines you began your life with. As you grow taller, let those disciplines get stronger. Number three, a tree grows in direction of sunlight. 
You know, how many of you did photosynthesis in school? A tree grows in the direction of sunlight. That means it grows in the direction of the source of its energy. The taller you grow, let your growth take you closer to God. Don't grow away from God. Are you following me? I don't know if you guys are following me this morning. Let your growth, you are traveling, you are doing that, you are reaching out to people, you are talking to people, you are getting to talk, you are making the billions, you are reaching out. Let every of those things take you closer to God. Don't get too busy that you get too busy for God. It's the source of your energy. It's the source of your light. What number is that? Number three. It's the source of your energy. Is the source of your light. Number four. A tree does not eat its own fruits. A tree does not do what? A tree does not eat its own fruits. Book of Hosea, the Bible says, Israel is an empty vine. He bringeth forth fruit unto himself. Anything that God puts on, on your life, he puts on your life for a generation. I've said that over and over. My skill is not for me. It's for a generation. I must not begin to think of how to monetize and make a merchandise of everything that God places on my life. That I become so carnal and money becomes my motivation. The blessings of God will come more than you can even imagine. God will cause men to bless you. You know, Pastor Zebi said when he clocked 60, 60 years old, that's about 10 years ago, that the cash gift he received, cash, not kind, not car, house is so, the cash gift is that if he's spending one, one million every day, we'll not finish spending it if he dies. If he's spending one million every day till he dies, he can't finish it. Cash. Cash. So blessings will come. The blessing is not the motivation. The impact is. The money will come. But don't begin to think how to get overwhelmed with the blessings and you lose sight of the blesser. When Peter surrendered his boat to Jesus, Jesus did not promise him anything. He said, can I have your boat? He said, take it. So it was not because of a promise. So the promise was not the motivation for the yielding. Believe it. Yeah, no, Jesus. <laughs> we have to sell this fish. Uh, Yalagbata is coming to collect her own. This, this one is crayfish. I know that uh, Yariska will come and get her. Because I say, follow me. Say, no, no, please. Anytime from now, now they will start arriving. <laughs> we have to make sure we are ready for them. Say, well. He says, but follow me. I will make you fish as a man. You have been fishing for fish. This time you fish for men. You know what fishing for men means? You have men that will have men that will have men that will have fish. It's a multiplied dimension of influence. Multiplied dimension of influence. You are selling clothes now. He said, I want to give you men. He said, you have men that will have men that will have companies that sell clothes. Men. Because the amount of men you have is the determinant of the scope of your influence. How many men the Bible says, bless the children at the edges of the Lord. He says, bless the man who has his quiver full of them. He says, for they will speak to the enemy at the gate. Fish can't talk. Fish can't fish. Fish can't fish. Fish that 
can't multiply. Except you have to have men who help you multiply them. You need men. Multiplied influence. Never begin to think of how to quickly, quickly hit everything. Your life is not your own. Your life does not belong to you. God has a plan for your life. He will, you will build houses. You will buy jets. Don't help them criticize people that have private jets. Praise the Lord. If you say, just leave them. Because you don't know whether they have written private jets in your destiny in heaven now. Before one angel will hear you complain, we don't even know what they are. It's as if that person does not like private jet. Yeah, clean it, clean it, clean it, clean it, clean it. <laughs> clean it, clean it. <laughs> I love private jets. Ah. He says, I will bless you with the finest of wits that only from the rock. I will reserve the best for my children. Christianity is not poverty. So if somebody sees me and say, Bro, Philip, we fell led to give you this private jet, I will say, Lay down, let me pray for you. <laughs> Help us. Amen. It's not a sin. So you will have it. You have helicopters. Don't fight people that are fighting people that are prosperous. It's not your business. The Bible said, I'm going to. God already said, He blessed Isaac so much and the Philistines envied him. People that are envying are Philistines. Mm -hmm. <laughs> people that are blessed are Isaac. I choose to be Isaac and have the Philistines envy me. Don't join them. Don't judge what you don't understand. Just leave it. Unless you go and make an error. So the money will come, the blessings will come, but the blessing is not the motivation, the impact is. The change that you bring on board is the motivation. The last one. A tree never leaves where it is planted to another place. Please follow me. A tree never leaves where it is planted. No matter how watered the other garden is and how dry this garden is, the tree will not leave this place and say, let me go to where my friend is. I think that place is better. A tree stays where it is planted. Let me give an illustration. Come, Damola. Come. Please let me call that brother. Would you come? That brother. Please come. Sir, please come. Let me make an illustration quickly. God is an extremely strategic God. God is so strategic. God is so planned out that he caught the devil without even knowing. Satan thought he was wise. When it was time for God to save mankind, he gave Satan a role to play. And he played it without knowing. Played it very well. Satan contributed to our salvation. He used his hand to do himself. He had it planned out from the beginning. That Satan will not come in. They wrote the script. Satan will not come in. He will not kill Jesus. <laughs> hey, yes, kill him, kill him, kill him, kill him. He knew that he was under control. <laughs> That's how God did with us. He's not that wise. So here's it. Where's the top person? I need three people. Okay, it was you. Sorry. Please come. The Bible says in the book of First Kings, when God spoke to Elijah, he said, anoint Elisha in your stead. Anoint Eleazar to be king over Israel, over Syria. Anoint Jehu to be king over Israel. He said, he who escapes the sword of Jehu, the sword of Eleazar will kill. Who escapes the sword of Eleazar? The sword of Elisha will kill. Now God has a strategy where he has positioned his people. 
that no matter what happened, the devil cannot escape. These three people are going to finish the devil. So what the devil does is that when he stands like this and he sees the three of them and says, hey, how do I pass in and take possession of this young generation and destroy the work of God? But these three people have already blocked this place. So he colors this place as if there's nothing there. He makes this man look as if he's very hungry. There's nothing happening. There's no national, no national deposit, no national allocation. No, 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 no nothing's happening here. And that one will be very juicy. So this man now is tempted to live where he is and go and line up behind Jehu. Say, ah, yes, yes, there's allocation. Money is here, money is here. So he leaves this place opened. Can you see? That some of you, God has planted you in places that it looks as if nothing's coming from there. But God has a reason for putting you there. And all the gimmicks of the devil is to make you look as if you are disadvantaged. That this ministry, that there is no ministry in this ministry of... Uh, which ministry does not mean? Ministry of power. Ministry of... Ministry of sand. Eh? Ministry of justice. No more. Say you went to me, you went to me and read soy science. You share your way. What are you going to do with you? are studying sand. Go on, you want to go and play with sand. Like one parent told me, the boy came and said, Daddy, I've got an admission. I said, what's soy science? Say, what's soy science? Say, we're going to be studying science. Say, you are going to go and use four years to play with sand? <laughs> Jesus said, you can never do that course. It makes it look as if there's nothing there. Because he wants to ensure that this place is open. And the devil does not need more than one opening to plunder the kingdom. He just needs a place within which to come in. You know, the enemy, the thief, does not need the whole house to be opened. He needs just one opening. And he can take possession of the whole house. So God says, when I plant a tree, it never leaves. It never leaves. Take me to the next one. A tree in the forest will bear much fruit as much as a tree in the city. The tree in the forest where the fruits are rotting. The fruits are rotting on it because nobody goes there to eat it because it's in the forest. The tree will not say, after all, nobody is coming here to eat out of me. Why am I even yielding fruit every year? I beg, I'm not doing it again. Look at my, my colleagues in abroad. <laughs> See how people are coming there in Canada. Everybody rushing them. My fellow doctors. What am I doing here? I'm not saying you should not leave to Canada. I'm not saying I'm just using an example. What I'm saying is that you will not allow public appreciation to distract you from where you are planted. Because the tree knows that it is not in finding people to eat out of its fruits that is the source of the fulfillment. It's in having fruits to show the master that I bore fruits this year, even if there was nobody to eat out of it. Even if there was nobody to eat out of it, I bore, I did my part this year. It's like that court that was tied down for Jesus. That court was tied down for Jesus. Nobody has ever eaten out of it. If that court died with nobody, he has fulfilled his life that I was available for Jesus. Any day he comes, he will meet me here. All the fellow courts have, hey, you, you are there, you are going to die there. That's why Jesus Christ did not look for straight courts. He looked for tied-down courts. He did not look for courts that are free, roaming, roaming around. Say, look for that one that is tied down. That one that is engaged somewhere. That one that looks as if nobody saw it. 
That's the one I want. Rise on your feet. You're going to tell God again today and say, Lord, we're handing this today. My heart is ready. My heart is ready. My heart is ready. We're closing now. My heart is ready. My heart is ready. You're going to sing that song again. My heart is ready. I'm ready to be sent to a generation. I'm ready to be sent to that generation. I'm tired of a status quo. I want more of you. I'm tired. I'm tired. My heart is ready.